what's up, fellas? Welcome back to the Grown Man Podcast. This is a quick little bonus episode. You know, I felt really convicted in my spirit as I watched everything that was unfolding with the Ahmad Arbery case. And just as that story continued to come to light, I was actually, it was brought to my attention by Darius Sneed, who was on the podcast earlier this week. And I just reached out to him and just wanted to kind of share uh, some of what I was wrestling with as a (laughs) privileged white dude (laughs) around everything that's happening in our country, uh, specifically with Ahmaud Arbery, but even larger than that, everything that's happening around uh, just racism in our country and misunderstanding, misconception about what it's actually like to walk in somebody else's shoes. And so what you're about to listen to is uh, really, truly just an honest conversation between good friends. Uh, One happens to be me, a privileged white dude uh, who listens to Drake on Spotify constantly, (laughs) Uh, and, and a black man who has grown up in a world totally different from mine just because of the color of his skin, the history of our country, and the reality of the world that we still very much live in. So I hope this honest conversation spurs some other honest conversations with uh, your friends and people in your community, and uh, I hope that it encourages real conversations about everything that's going on in today's world, regardless of where you land, what opinion you might have. Uh, I hope it just encourages uh, more transparent conversations and a, a, a more empathetic reaction to the realities of uh, people that don't look like you or act like you or are a different color than you ultimately. Uh, I hope it encourages a different level of humanity uh, in everybody that's listening. So with that, let's jump into this conversation with Darius Sneed. All right. D. Sneed, Sneedium, welcome back to the show. Man, great. I'm glad to be back. Always. Always, man. Quick little episode. I mean, you know, so what we're going to talk about today, like not a fun topic to talk about in any way. But I reached out to you ultimately because I saw you sharing your heart around everything that's going on with Ahmaud Arbery mm-hmm. and encouraging uh, all of us to have a voice uh, to speak out against injustice, to speak out against um, just the, the awful culture that is still pervasive in America that absolutely should and around the globe, right? Mm-hmm. And so can you share just a little bit of your heart? Like when you first heard that story about Ahmad. Uh, like, where did your heart go? Where did your mind go? Where did your prayer life go? Mm-hmm. Yeah, when I first heard it, it was actually a couple weeks beforehand. Uh, I follow Sean King. He is one of the uh, young men who has been advocating for injustice for a very long time. And so uh, I had seen the story a couple weeks ago um, because it happened actually in February. Um, but starting to see the news coming out, the video starting to serve the uh, energy that was coming around the incident, um, immediately I became angry. Mm. I was very angry because, one, this should not be happening in our country after all we've been through as a country from slavery to the civil rights movement to us making these big moves and and signing these bills and acts saying that this is wrong, racism is, and um, uh, segregation, all these things are against the law now. 
you would think that we have come so much further, but you get angry because it's like, we're not, mm-hmm. we're not. The paper has been signed, mm-hmm. but man's heart, man's perspective, man's mind hasn't changed. And it just pissed me off. I was really upset about it. <clears throat> One, because when I looked into the story, the young man was just running. He was just jogging. That's what he was doing. Two, because I realized that a lot of African-Americans knew about the story and it was being posted, but a lot of my white friends did it. And then after I posted about it, so many of my white friends hit me up and they're saying, I'm sorry, we stand with you. And at the moment, it's like, this isn't the first incident, by the way. And this is the first time that I'm hearing anything from you about this. But yet I spend so much time with people who are, are white or uh, actually uh, any person of color. I spent, I spent a lot of time and of course also with my culture, my, the, the black African-American community. So I've always been that way. My parents have always had me in those spaces and I never really complain. I never say anything. But I remember all the way back to when we were in high school and Obama was being elected and just sitting there and quiet because you're outnumbered. Mm-hmm. You don't know what to do. And necessarily, you may have not even voted for Obama, but the way people treated you and the things people said and the disrespect people had during that moment, it was awful. Somebody dressed up like a, um, an Arabic man with a job and everything. And it was like, whoa, this is... These are the same people I eat lunch with, <clears throat> the same people who say they love me, the same people who, but there's no consideration of what I feel in my skin mm-hmm. or the pride that I should have, even if I didn't vote for Obama, the pride I should have that this is the first African-American president that has ever stepped into office. Mm-hmm. But I can't have that. I can't be excited about it because mm-hmm. I'm surrounded by what I, <laughs> the people that don't look like me. Absolutely. So, well, fast forwarding to now, it's mostly just like I'm angry. And I think my prayers have been, Lord, help me to have mercy and patience, even though I feel like I've had it for so long. Help me to have mercy and patience. But also, God, expose this thing mm-hmm. in our country. Reveal the heart of man. And Lord, let justice prevail. God is passionate about two things. He's passionate about justice and he's passionate about justification. We see it over and over in scripture. God's heart is for man to be justified. And, you know, uh, then that's Romans 5, that it is by his grace that we've been justified. God wants man to be made righteous with him, to be brought back to his heart, to be redeemed. But God is also passionate about justice. He, he wants to see people be made right and also feel like they're seen, like they're equal, that they're known. And when something goes wrong or when they're being treated unfairly, when you look at the woman at the well, Jesus came into that situation, not even supposed to be in there as a man, as a Jew, being in a, a Samaritan area, and then let alone being around this woman who had been um, um, in a relationship with over five men. It was disrespectful for him to even be in that place. But yet he took a step into it and said, I'm offering you something here because you deserve this just as much as the people who are entitled to this through their bloodline of being a Jew from the Old Testament. Now we're in this space where I'm saying that that the living water is going to be made available to everyone, Mm. not just these people. And that first commandment he gave, racism has been a problem ever since Jesus came. Mm -hmm. It's probably a number one problem. He said, go into the world, make disciples of all nations, baptizing them. What did Peter and them do? They stayed in Jerusalem. 
They mm-hmm. didn't go out because they were racist. They didn't think that other people deserve this newfound gospel, the mm-hmm. gospel, the good news. It was mostly for the Jews. So mm-hmm. you had Silas out there. <clears throat> I'm sorry, Barnabas. Barnabas is out there having revival because he took that word and go, I'm going to go out and make mm-hmm. disciples. He's doing it. Paul, Saul gets turned to Paul. He's out there doing it. And then when they come to Jerusalem, it's like the stank phase. You've mm-hmm. been touching these people. It's been a problem ever since then, mm-hmm. Kurt. And we think now, even the church has been so silent. And my biggest thing is I haven't even heard from any of the white pastors that I didn't sing for. Mm-hmm. And I didn't sing, and I didn't sing these tithes and offerings going up. Every time I get done hollering and running around and everybody, man, I just love that soulful moment. And people are giving like never before. And mm-hmm. uh, people are coming to the altar. Thank you so much. You know, mm-hmm. even my checks are low. They're not even honoring the gift, let alone, now you know, that's not my heart. I'll go and do it for free, but let alone, you can rejoice in this moment that benefits you, but you can't stand with me. And when I'm hurting or a moment where our country is saying something, mm-hmm. um, it's, it's just a mess, bro. And I'm angry mm-hmm. about it, but I'm also like learning as I've stepped back that this is going to be a journey even more and that there's going to be a lot of grace and mercy that God is going to be asking for us as believers to extend. But also that doesn't mean that we be silent, that we address it, that we speak up, that we, you know, address our expectations. What are those expectations from our white friends? What can we do? Because at the end of the day, I will always have to live in your world, but you don't hardly hardly ever have to be in mine. Mm -hmm. The only time that many Caucasians will go into a black community is if it's a CERB project. Mm. That's really it. Mm But I've always had to live in that world all the time. Mm-hmm. And I made my adjustments. And then I would go back to my hood and still be hood and love mm-hmm. my family and love my friends and go do the things that we love doing as Black people. And I love the fact that everyone in the world loves Black culture. We yeah. love hip hop. We love doing the dances. We love watching BET. We love all this stuff. I think it's great. But if you're going to love the culture and the things that you think running around over here saying all the slang and doing all the damn TikTok and all this stuff. And uh, you listen to Drake, oh, me too. I'm down with it. Okay, <laughs> if, if you're really down, then you need to be down with me too when this happens. Yeah. I need you to speak up just as loud as you're speaking up when you're on Instagram doing your story. And so, that and that's where like I felt such such conviction because like like you know, I was messing with you before we hit record. Like I'm the stereotypical white dude, right? Like, <laughs> Like it's Drake and Darius Sneed on Spotify all day long. <laughs> I'm not even playing. You saw you yeah. saw what I sent you at the end of the year. Right. It was Drake, yeah. Chance, and then Darius. Right? <laughs> like, but yeah. like, but I felt super convicted when you shared that message on your stories around like how many white people, myself included, like I was sharing with you, I didn't even know anything about the story until I mm-hmm. saw you post about it. Right. Yeah, and like, yeah. and recognized in that moment how jacked up that actually is. Right. And then second felt convicted, like you shared to actually speak up, right. To, to right. say, Hey, I love my brother, Darius. I love the rest of my brothers in the black community, my brothers and sisters in the black community. Right. Right. This is an injustice just as a human. And yeah. yet at the same time, knowing that I don't feel any fear or insecurity about stepping outside my front door to go for a run. And I will never know what it's like to truly experience that. And so just like feeling the tension of, I want to speak up about this. And yet I don't even know how, like, I don't even know what the words are. Right. And so like, 
I don't know, you know, uh, I would be interested as, as my friend and as uh, uh, a, a black man, like how do, how should we as privileged white dudes actually step up and give a voice to uh, men and women of color uh, in our, in our country, in our world? Right. Yeah. Well, first, let me, let me say this, Kurt, I have never, ever, when I've ever been around you, felt like you were belittling me or ever Mm -hmm. felt like you were superior in any kind of way. You never came off of that. Your family is such a giving family. Your mom and dad are just very esteemed loving people. Um, Even, you know, when I got in the accident at the wedding, you guys have been so loving and it did not feel as if it was like, because he is a black kid that is, is, no, it's always been so much love and it's come from a genuine place. So I appreciate you. And even this is like, this is a big step, man. I appreciate mm-hmm. you even doing this. So I, in answering that, I think it's, it's a couple of things, but one is don't be silent. Mm-hmm. Use your voice. Understand that your voice is powerful. It is what it is right now that the white, the white voice is a lot more, powerful when it comes to getting things done or Mm. making decisions or people hearing it. Mm. That's what I meant by that. People hearing it um, in our world today. And that's mostly because in our country, there is a majority of white people here. And that's just kind of like the world we live in. Mm. And so you have an important voice. And I think when we're silent, when, when we don't speak out, I was just talking to my roommate about this last night. It's like, yeah, people are frustrated because like, well, if you post something, then what's next? But you don't realize that even in you just posting something, it's better than you just sitting mm-hmm. there being quiet. And you yeah. saying that, you don't know who sees it in your family that's going to have a conversation with you, that's going to probably be upset that you did it, but still go back and think about it and mm-hmm. be able to make a change whatsoever. Mm-hmm. I think it's important to use our voices no matter how. I think it's also being educated. And, and there's so many resources and opportunities for us to step into these moments. We resource anything else. We'll watch mm-hmm. any other documentary on Netflix. So mm-hmm. why can't we watch this? Or why can't we dive into this? Or why can't we look up this? You know, yeah. um, those are things I think are so important that you have to do. And I think another thing is when something happens like this, usually our first instance, because I get it. I get it. It is tension. It is scary to yeah. just, I'm a white guy. What can I say? What yeah. can I say when something's like, I'm going to say the wrong thing, then get blasted for more. That's right. So it, I just should be quiet. I, I get that. I totally get that. I get it. Being black, you don't want to say anything else. You're just tired. So yeah. I think everybody's like in this weird space, right? It's like, we know that it's wrong. Well, many people know it's wrong. Some people don't. Some people think it's right. But <laughs> we know that it's wrong, but we don't know what the next step is, mm-hmm. you know? And I think that's the moments where you do have a conversation with somebody yeah. and come in not going, I'm going to teach you, but I'm going to be open-handed to learn and to hear you from your perspective. Kerr, you would be surprised how many conversations I've had this week where fellow white friends have said to me, well, the thing that I'm sorry that this happened, but I'm upset that this is going to affect how people see white people because not everyone's racist. And how do we know that this guy, this guy didn't do anything wrong? Like, how do we know that? Or how do we know that they were racist? How do we know that you didn't even stop and say, hey, how does this make you feel? Yeah. You basically just basically saying like you've cast judgment on the situation. Yeah. Because one, you don't want to accept that this is a real issue in our country. You don't want yeah. to accept that we have biases, that we have preconceived notions, and we that you have a privilege that you never will understand because you're not a person of color. 
Yeah. You know, so I that's that hard. all the time. And I feel, yeah. I feel like even like my instinct half the time is to, because I question everything I hear. Right. And yeah. so, so often my instinct is to go, oh, well, I'm never going to know the full story. Right. So I can't step up and have a voice about it. Yeah. And I, and again, like going back to when you were sharing about, it, I felt so convicted around that of like, whether I know that particular full story or not. And the right. more I learn about Ahmad's situation, it's blatantly obvious that there's For sure. like no question. Yeah. Two racist dudes that were, <laughs> that were totally leaning into their prejudice mm-hmm. and took a violent action because of, right. it. you know, like yeah. there's no question to me, but even if I couldn't understand all of the details or couldn't figure out what the full story was, I know for a fact that these mm. things are happening day in, day out, multiple day times out. a day across yes. our world. And yes. so to speak up and say, hey, regardless whether you know all the details or believe that story or not, mm-hmm. this thing in general is not okay. Right. right? And to stand and to your point, like I think, you know, whether you post about it on social media or not, I mm. I love your challenge of like, mm. we have to give a voice to each other. Right. White, black, yellow, green, it doesn't matter. Yeah. We right. have to give a voice to each other as human beings, right. as, yeah. as creators made right. in the form of God. Right? Exactly. Uh, but we also have to, uh, we, we have to have real conversation. Like, we do. We do. I, I think, you know, <laughs> part of the heartbeat of this podcast is to expose like what actual dialogue looks like, like what it looks like right. to get together with your buddies and not just talk about you know, whether we're going to have an NBA season or not (laughs) and how much they should get paid and all that's fine. Right. Right, There's a place for that, but also, you know, reaching out when, if you're a white dude in situations like this, reaching out to your black brothers and sisters and saying, y'all, this is awful. How are you feeling? What's going on? What can I do? How can I pray for you? Yes, exactly. I think that's, that's huge, Kurt. If we learn to live like that and we lead with having the heart of understanding as as Solomon wrote in the Proverbs that we, you know, we should have the heart of understanding. Uh, I think it would be so beautiful because we will see our world change so fast because we become empathetic that way. We mm. become, we look from different perspectives that way. I think our generation does a lot better of a job, but still it kind of gets, it gets gray. It gets mm. gray. And the conversation does change everything and coming into it going, how can I learn? And realizing too that a lot of African Americans, they do learn a lot from the white culture mm. because because we have to. We have to. And it's not bad. It's not a bad thing. Yeah. So there may be things that you will learn that will actually benefit you too, you know, yeah. or from our Asian brothers and sisters or um the Latin American community. It's like there are things that we can learn from one another. And we can, we need to open up and do that and not be so closed off. I've had conversations about nationalism this week. I've had conversations mm. about the whole of my situation. It's so funny. People were like, well, the whole story is that he went and checked out this new house listing and they saw him doing it. But then I saw today there was a video that surfaced that was like, well, here you go. White people were doing the same thing at the same house and actually right. walking into it. So right. this, this proves that. You know, not just black people were doing it, but whites were doing it too. So, bro, I was walking around Hyde Park in Cincinnati today, looking around at all the new man. houses going up, right? Like, can't we just and that's live? That's what's so convicting to me. <laughs> that's what's so convicting to me is like, yeah. not once did it enter my mind as I'm walking yeah. around Hyde Park and I see this beautiful new home and I walk yeah. halfway up the driveway to look at it and take a picture of it 
to yeah. send to my wife because I thought it was beautiful. Right. Not once did it cross my mind. Oh man, could somebody be watching me right now and think right. that I'm doing something that I shouldn't? Right. And like, yeah. and that just rattles me to my core. Yes. That we live in a world where my black brothers and sisters, or or anyone of any color that is not Caucasian, right. has to think for a split second. How man. could this be misinterpreted? Like that yeah. cannot. That can, regardless of what you think may or may not have happened with Ahmad. Yeah. Like that cannot happen. Man, it's you know? so true. That is that's that's the real honest truth. Is that we got to we got to stop this. We at the end of the day, it all has to stop. Let's look at people as human beings. Let's give them the freedom to walk up the street. Let's not clutch our purses when a black person walks by. You know, let's let's not get alarmed. I was watching this beautiful conversation with four African American men today from Christ Emmanuel Christian Fellowship to Dan Lee's. Yeah. And uh Bishop Dan Lee was talking with a young man who was black, a man that was middle aged that used to be a police officer who would do diversity training for police, mm. and then a very educated, awesome man that has two black sons as a part of Bishop's family. And listening to them, and Bishop says something, I go, Oh my God, I do that too, and I don't even notice that. He said, mm. When I run. And I see, like, I'm walking, especially like a white woman or something. He said, I usually cough just to make notice that I'm there or, you know, a grunt or something, <clears throat> clear my throat, and then just look straight ahead and keep going. And it's like, who thinks of that? Who right. has to think of that? You know, right. I was like, oh my God, I do that too. I didn't even realize I do that. Yeah. But mostly it's because I want you to know that, like, you can trust me. I mean, I'm a human. You ain't got to worry yeah. about me. Yeah. I, I'm good. And the more, I, I think, I think that's a really important point. Like the more on the flip side of that, yeah. that I can, you know, as, and I think it's like, what can you do as one person? Right. Mm-hmm. Like I can make sure that when I'm walking down a street yeah. uh, and I'm walking past uh, a, a person of color that I don't react in any way that would make them think I think any different of them. Right. Right. And in in fact, like react the exact opposite way, right? Like treat them as a human being, see them Mm -hmm. as a human being and like, and everything more, right? Like I almost said nothing more. And yet like, I love, I love your point of like, I have learned so much from the black community, like of just like, I love, I love so much about every culture Right. Like I've spent a ton of time in Latin America. I love so much about that culture. I love so much about the black community and just the way y'all love on each other. And so much of that that could, that needs to be drawn into every culture, white, black, yellow, green again. Right. Yeah. (laughs) And so I think it's finding those, those little ways where acknowledging how broken it is that you have to think about who you're walking past on the street. For and sure. instead, us think proactively in a healthy way about how we can treat everyone like a human that we engage with, regardless yeah. of color. That's good, man. That's good. You said it like I need to say how I feel it. <laughs> <laughs> well, D, I love you, man. Thanks, as always, for jumping on here, bro, and sharing yeah. your heart. I really appreciate yeah. it. Dude, I love you, too. Thank you for this space. Mad props to the, to the Grown Man Podcast. Hey, y'all, thanks so much for listening to that conversation between Darius and I. Again, I hope it really encourages just a different level of dialogue, uh, a different level of communication, a different level of processing around what's really going on in our country um, and what it's like to walk in somebody else's shoes, the limitations that we have around truly understanding what that may look 
or feel like and just really seeking to understand others uh, before we make any kind of judgment or assessment of, uh, of, the situ- uh, of any situation. Uh, you know, I'm always encouraged by everybody that's listening to the show and just engaging uh, with the conversations that we're trying to create. But we really want to try to get the show out to more people. I think more more men need to lean into honest, authentic dialogue like this. That's our, our perspective. That's what this show is really all about. There's a couple different ways you can help us do that. One is just to share the show on social media. When something tugs at, at your heart, you think it's powerful, just go ahead and share it to, to your Instagram story. Uh, shoot it over to a friend in a private message, whatever you feel comfortable with. Uh, but that is a really powerful way um, to get the word out there uh, about uh, what we're doing, what we're pursuing, what we feel God is calling us to here. And then the other way is sign up for the email newsletter um, at grownmanproject.com. And when you get an email that uh, strikes you in some kind of way, go ahead and forward that on to a few buddies that you think would be uh, interested in it. Those are great ways just to uh, even start a dialogue with some of the men in your community that might look a little different uh, than the typical conversations that you might be having today. And that's what this is really all about is to inspire, equip, and commission uh, all of you and myself (laughs) to lead lives that uh, boldly honor God. That's what this platform is all about. That's what we're all about here in this community. And if you're all about that, then we want to make sure we can keep in touch with you. So go to growmanproject.com, sign up for the email newsletter, and know that we deeply appreciate each and every one of you that tune into the show every week. With that, I'll chat with you next week. Thanks for listening.